Okay, so no one should be surprised that Call of Duty Black Ops 2 made 500 million bucks in its first day of sales. What is surprising, though, is the compelling story mode that accompanies the game. Welcome to Top Score from Classical Minnesota Public Radio. I'm Emily Rees. Black Ops 2 takes place in the past and the future, the 1980s toward the end of the Cold War and the year 2025. Composer Jack Wall had the opportunity to write more than two hours of music using an orchestra blended with electronic elements depending on in which decade you're playing. So here's a little background if you're unfamiliar with the Call of Duty franchise. Call of Duty is what we call a first-person shooter, or FPS. A lot of people play Call of Duty games so they can play online with and against each other. But the developer of Black Ops 2, Treyarch, put time and effort into the single-player story mode of Black Ops 2. This means it's the very first game in the Call of Duty series that has multiple endings depending on your successes and failures as a player. So, given a deeper story mode across different decades with multi-dimensional characters that may or may not survive given your player choice, therefore affecting the ending of your game, all of this gave Jack Wall a number of really great opportunities compositionally that are often forsaken in first-person shooters just for bombastic combat music. Well, let's just jump right in to Call of Duty Black Ops 2, and they've done some very different things with the campaign. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Uh, Yeah, I think think Treyarch's uh, mandate for Black Ops 2, I mean, they were very, very successful with Black Ops 1, and Mm -hmm. they wanted to, uh, or at least they told me initially that, geez, you know, we've been so successful. We're, we're successful to a point now where we think we can make the game we've always wanted to make. As many people know, Call of Duty is mostly known for its multiplayer campaigns. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people play that. I, I think that what they wanted to do with Black Ops 2 is make the single-player campaign like their their major focus, with, of course, without sacrificing anything on uh, the multiplayer. But um, uh, the story was a big big, big part of it. And to that end, they hired David Goyer to consult with them. David Goyer, as you may know, is uh, he, he's the, the guy behind the creation of characters like the Joker in the... Oh, in the Batman. Uh, yep. Yeah, the Batman series. And um, that that all happened before my involvement. And uh, and then they brought me on to, um, uh, to do the music. And I asked him, I said, uh, why me? <laughs> <laughs> and they said, well, we, we like the fact that you didn't do what... Um, what you thought we wanted you to do. In other words, more Call of Duty music. They mm-hmm. they liked it. I, I did a piano concerto to um for your a, demo. As my audition. Yeah. Oh funny. Exactly. And and I knew that it was wasn't gonna be right for the game, but I just wanted to do something very melodic and, mm-hmm. and uh and something like that. So mm-hmm. they they enjoyed that and uh <laughs> um and, and then they started talking to me immediately about story and, and attaching themes to story. Uh, they knew my work from Ma- the Mass Effect series, which is very story-driven mm-hmm. uh, game series. And, and they wanted uh, some of that sort of thematic leitmotif uh, to come into the Call of Duty world.
through every Call of Duty campaign, at least since COD 4, I was just impressed and, and pleased with, first of all, how engaging the story was and also um, how many choices I had as a player. And that must have opened up a lot of choices for you as a composer as well to have that many uh, different directions to go to in the story. Yeah, I mean, each level is kind of its own world, first of all. Um, but when I when I first read the script before I wrote a note of music, one character really stood out for me, and that's uh, Raul Menendez, the mm-hmm. the you know the the villain. Um, yes. One of the things that I really enjoyed about him is that he it seemed like they were really trying to make him a multi dimensional character, not just your one dimensional, yep, you know, bad super bad guy. But he he had motivation behind the reasons he was doing what he was doing. And uh, uh, Nino Precioso was that, that was the first thing I wrote, and and mm. um, actually I didn't write it; I, I adapted it from from a uh, Nicaraguan lullaby. Um, oh wow! Called Nino Precioso, and uh, found that, and I just did a little research. I, I there was one scene where he's sitting on a bed with his sick sister, and I thought, you know, what's he doing? You know, yeah. he's probably singing to her. You know, mm. and I thought that that would bring some you know, something to his character that we could use throughout the score. And, and we did. We, we ended up using that. David, Dave, uh, Dave Anthony loved that idea. Uh, Brian Tui, my audio director, uh, was on board. Everybody seemed to really enjoy the fact that I, I wrote a lullaby for Call of Duty. Niño precioso, más que la niño, risueño niño. Speaking of Raul Menendez, one of the other musical moments that made me stop the game and write it down <laughs> was uh, a point in in the in the game where you're walking up onto stage with Raul Menendez, and the piece mm. underneath is called Cordes Dia. Yeah. Oh man, that felt amazing. That moment, you could feel the importance of that moment in the music. Can you talk a little bit about that scene and, and crafting that moment? Well, that, that was a really important scene for Dave Anthony and for Jason Blundell, the executive producer. They, they both told me that any time that Raul Menendez is, is taking the stage is, you know, uh, it's got to feel super important. And, mm-hmm. and what do we do? And when I looked at the footage of it, there's sort of three phases to that piece. There's mm-hmm. this intimate moment where he's sitting by the fire where I saw that as, you know, he's reflecting on his whole life and what brought him to this moment. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you follow him, uh, out through this, th- these rooms and hallways. Um, and he's, he's stopping to shake his, his people's hand. This is a big moment for him. And he's mm-hmm. the guy, you know? And, and then the third moment is when he's actually on stage, he walks outside on stage. And the first, thought I had about that scene was when he walks out, I don't want to hear music. I want to hear just this really loud, noisy pad. You know, that's (laughs) all I want to hear. I just want that to be deafening. And then Mm -hmm. right on top of that pad, you're going to hear the shouts and the cheers for, and and so uh, that became sort of uh, the initial idea for that. And then I backed up into this intimate place where uh, actually my daughter uh, sort of plays his sister as a youngster, you know. Oh. And my daughter came in and sang the Nino Precioso theme, and I put oh. her in all this backwards reverb and, and made it sound <laughs> dreamlike, you know. And oh, cool. This is what he's doing by the fire when Farid comes in to meet him. 
suddenly he, as soon as he opens the door, then the music starts. The big, yep. you know, that big march kind of thing that uh, uh, takes him to the outside part where it's just def- this deafening roar of pad and, and cheers from the crowd. And Yeah, I was really proud of that piece. We, we, we did a couple of revisions on that one, but that was, uh, when it was done, everyone was really pretty pleased with that. other things that's uh, kind of interesting about this particular Call of Duty is is the time travel, as it were, right? I mean, we spend some yeah. time in the 80s, but we spend some time in, in the year 2025. You know, it seems natural that you would focus more on orchestral sounds from, you know, the older era and then more electronic sounds in the future. And I'm sure that must have been a talking point. Yeah, I mean, that 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 was the sort of music direction we went for. Uh, even though we do use orchestra throughout, it's it's kind of less of a focus, I think, in, in the future, or it's it's more just a part of the sound rather than the sound. Yeah, we had a lot of fun with music direction on all these different levels and trying to make them each their own little world, really, and using the thematic structure, you know, the constructs uh, to be the glue throughout. Another scene that really stood out to me, both in terms of how fun the gameplay was and also how just how well your music accented it, was uh, the piece is called Flying Squirrels. And this is where we get flying suits and we get to fly through the air, which, you know, who doesn't want to do that? But the music is just wonderful. Tell me about that. Yeah, it, it's funny that you like that so much because it's it was it was sort of um, a piece everyone liked immediately. Mm-hmm. But you know, there, there's a lot of testosterone in this game in this series, right? So yes. it, it, it's sort of a flighty kind of almost feminine, <laughs> <laughs> kind of almost a feminine quality to it. Sure. So it was kind of a hard sell. Mm. Um, and the way we got around that to, to the people in, in the dev team who were like, we, we really like this piece, but it should have more energy. We just added a little bit of guitar and some drums to it. And, <laughs> and that seemed to like bridge the gap and, and make it palatable for everyone. But yeah, I'm, I'm actually quite surprised how many people have mentioned that one. They really liked that one. Well, 
One of the pieces also that I thought did a really great job of this uh, blend we kind of alluded to a few moments ago, uh, rare earth elements. You have all this great electronic uh, business happening in the piece, right. but then just beautiful combination with low strings. Yeah, it's just it's just a sound that just fit the the visual. You got all this really super futuristic looking these planes and this giant city on water, Colossus. And it, I don't know, you're you're walking in, you're stealthy, mm-hmm. you know, you're kind of uh, under the radar, so to speak. You're you're there on a mission, a black ops mission, but you're you know you're there as maintenance men, and you're walking in, and the and the music is just reflecting sort of uh, you know a rare calm moment in call of duty which <laughs> I, I i really tried to find those you know yep. I, I really tried to find the, the moments where we could do something that wasn't just straight up action music because yes. you know we always knew there was going to be plenty of that right <laughs> indeed yeah and so you know it, it's sort of like moments like that and the uh, the anthem piece from pakistan and you know, all that kind of stuff it it was really just opportunities for me to to write something that was a little bit uh, more chill and and you know, maybe something you could actually listen to outside of the game as well. And you just said anthem and that I didn't even write that piece down, but man, what a beautiful song. And who's the singer you worked with on that piece? Oh God, yeah. Um, yeah, that's Azama Lee. Um, she, I, I remembered her from um, from the, the, the last track Navras in uh, Matrix Revolutions. <laughs> she sang uh, she sang in a piece for that and she just did her thing. I didn't edit one bit of what she did. She wow. just I I mean I edited it to create the 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 arrangement, but I I didn't want to change anything she did. I mean, she could just sit there and breathe into a microphone and it would be just <laughs> incredible to me. So, um yeah, Azam is just a, a wonderful artist and uh you know, she's just amazing. orchestra pretty much throughout the entire score so I imagine they recorded a bunch of music well actually the score is about 140 minutes we recorded about 85 minutes okay yeah I'm not even including the uh, Mozart's 40th symphony yeah <laughs> that, yeah that I did uh, you know that the story behind that's kind of interesting so I'll share that with you when you're on Colossus at the end of that level um, you're in a shopping mall <laughs> And, and we were just playing, Brian and I were playing through the level, and I heard the, this music, uh, Mozart's 40th Symphony. I said, mm-hmm. oh my God, <laughs> that's one of my favorite pieces from Mozart, because when I was learning to be a conductor, yeah, that was one of the first pieces I learned to conduct. And I said, Brian, 
<laughs> I said, instead of licensing that tune, mm -hmm. do you mind if I just record it with the orchestra if we have time? And he said, yeah, sure, go for it. I mean, the music's public domain, so I just downloaded mm -hmm. it off the internet. We had about a half an hour at the end of the very last session on the first trip there. I recorded it with 86 people in the room. <laughs> we all determined that that was too many people. Yeah. <laughs> so we cut the string section, the section down, let most of the brass go. Mm. And we had like a classical orchestra. Yeah. Was like, you know, a much smaller orchestra. So that was just a real treat for me, uh, getting to conduct that first movement. have had a, a little bit of a circuitous route into a music career. I was always big into math and science when I was younger and I, but at the same time I was always a musician and mm -hmm. you know my mom was like look you can be a musician if you want you know that's fine just you should have a you should go to college and you should have a fallback and, and quite frankly I loved going to college I loved the challenge of it Really enjoyed that and uh, did pretty well. Graduated with a Bachelor of Science in Civil Engineering. Went to work for about a year. And at the end of that year, I was so bored. <laughs> I remember coming into work. It was like after the 4th of July break. I came in. No one was there. I was like the only person in the office because everyone <laughs> took that Monday off. And for some reason, I didn't know that. So I showed up. <laughs> and I'm sitting there. And I literally remember that realization moment comes to you like I have to get out of here I decided right in that moment that I had to do something else and, and quite frankly I didn't know it was going to be anything like what my life turned out to be but you know I got a job as a bartender to figure it out and then I, I got into the music business after that so wonderful well I'm glad you did yeah me too <laughs> One of the greatest experiences of my professional career that the Cherok people are really super duper passionate about what they do and it means the world to them and they work all work really hard yeah. and for for people to tell me that they really enjoy playing the game is actually really nice to know mm -hmm. because um you know sometimes call of duty can take its share of hits because it's yes. you know, one of the most popular games. And if it's not amazing, you know, people get upset. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, I, I think the reviews have been pretty positive on this one. And, mm -hmm. and I'm really grateful for the opportunity to work with those guys. They're all really good at what they do. Yeah. And it was just great to be a part of the team and, and all that. So I wanted to say that. And then the second thing I'll say is I'm just finishing uh, the final touches this week on Lost Planet 3. Great. And that's going to be really an interesting game, too. I think no one's expecting much from it, but mm. it's really awesome. The cool. story is great. The acting is great. The characters are great. The gameplay is fun. 
uh, the music's really different. I think I, I can say that it, it, I did some alien twang music for this. <laughs> and it was really fun to have some great country, you know, mm. uh, musicians in the, in the studio. Americana stuff, you know, Dobo slide guitars and lap steel and, Love you know, it. just great, nasty, awesome, twangy music that Jim Payton, the main character, is into. So. Well, Jack, thank you so much. I've just been looking so forward to speaking with you ever since I've started doing this, and I'm glad we finally had the opportunity. It was just well, a pleasure. Well, thank you so much. That, that, that means the world to me. I appreciate that. You've been listening to Top Score from Classical Minnesota Public Radio. I'm Emily Reese, and our technical director is Sam Keenan. We had additional technical support from Johnny Vince Evans. Coming up, we have episodes featuring Jesper Kidd and his totally amazing score for Darksiders 2. Also, a conversation coming up with Daniel Licht about his great music for Dishonored. And Enon Zur just finished a ton more music for the gigantic expansion to Rift. All of those conversations have already happened, and I am so excited to get those ready to share with you. If you have any questions or comments, you can find a link at classicalmpr.org slash topscore. And or or and you can follow us on Twitter and Tumblr at Top Score Podcast. Mm-hmm.